So do you remember your passing out day? I do, yes. Very blustery morning, yes. Very, very How morning. did you feel? Great, excited. You know, there was dull, the clouds was overhead, very dull, and a few thunderstorms. And the people on the right-hand side, we were coming out of the archway. No one the family was there. My father, my mother, brothers, my own wife and two children. It was great. Your kids must have been very proud of oh, yeah, yeah. My father was there, especially for my father. I have two brothers already, three brothers in the army. And he was, my father was there in his wheelchair, all wrapped up, all wrapped up in his blanket. I reckon that if you're in the army, you should be willing to do whatever the army asks you or whatever job it takes in. And I reckon Lebanon is, is, is part of the job, you know, although you volunteer for it. Today he came in and told me I was cooking his dinner at the time. And when he said, right, I'm going on the, the 16th of October, I just turned around and just looked at him. And I got, we just, my heart just starts beeping. Tell me about going home to tell your wife. Well, waited a long time. I didn't rush in the door either. You know, I just walked in. I was probably tired that day. You know, I just walked in and sat down and got the news for us on RT8. And then I uh, told her. We will miss him. It's obvious we're going to miss him. I mean, six months. I mean, he is my husband. And the kids are going to miss their father. But they're that, that age now that they can understand a bit more. Where, like, other, the majority of the other fellas that are going, they have small families. So um, where I'm not so bad, I have two kids, they're 10 and 7. So like they understand that bit more, so that's a help too. Do they realise about the danger? Sharon does, more so than Derek. Like Tommy was saying to her he was going and this, when Brian Keenan was released, she thought he'd be taken hostage. So Tommy explained to her that it's in a different part of the Lebanon that he's going to and um, he'll be safe. So once she knows that, so. Do they think about him actually getting killed at all? No, we haven't really kind of talked about that. Like that's going to be the worry, the main worry. Is he going to come home? You know, is he going to come home? But, oh. Well, I don't really want him to go because I, first of all, I'll be lonely and he'll, I'll miss him and I'll, do you play a lot with you, Daddy? Yeah, he tickles us and all. Well, Mammy will, but like, she's not as fun as Daddy. What do you think about Lebanon? I don't think it's a nice place. People get killed and all. I think it's dangerous. And I, I think he shouldn't go. Why? Because he might get hurt and he might sprain his ankle or something. Would you like to go with them? No way. 
Are you going to be in the army when you grow up? Nope. I'm going to be the man in the house. And I'm going to mind me mommy. And write to daddy? And write to daddy. Every week and every month. Four weeks training will be concentrated on weapon shoes in the Glenifer Mall. You will fire all the weapons that you have trained in. That is the 84 anti-tank, the 60mm uh, mortar, the GPMG SF that you can hear in the background. Hello, I'm going to be involved in the what's called the 60mm mortar weapon. It's a small mortar tube. And I had a, a crew of four people. You have a DC, a one, a two, and a three. Now we all have our own particular jobs on this gun. But at the same time, we've got to know every job that has to be done on the gun. So if anything happens, we'll be all to fill, fill in one of those places on the, on the weapon. It, um, its range is up to a mile long and it, and it fires four different bombs. But in, in action, we have fired three types. One is HE, that explodes a bomb. Another one is Jalium, that if at night time some, something happens, this alien bomb is fired into the air and it lights up the whole area. And you have the smoke bomb which gives cover. If the troops have to move into an area, this smoke bomb is fired. And you can sail by the smoke so you can move in any position you want to. You can injure, maim, anything at all within the 30 metre area. You know, so it can do quite a bit of damage. Attachments! Attachments. Range 800! Range 800! Immediate front! Immediate front! Waterfall! Waterfall! Lay! Lay! Lay. Pull up! Pull up! Right, the number two assists with the unlocking of the gun. Look! Look! On! Right, number two checks it. On! Right. Detachments! Detachments! As the target's in front! Target's in front! Normal fire, engage! Normal fire, engage! The fifth week is more or less a ceremonial week. We're preparing ourselves for the ministerial review in McKee Barracks. It's very, very much a relaxed week. There'll be a lot of time off uh, so that people can get personal affairs sorted out. And the sixth week is preparation for Chalk One, which flies out on the 16th of October. Any questions? Uh, will we have many duties to do, sir? Uh, in Lebanon? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, the basic working day in Lebanon is eight hours on duty, eight hours resting off and then the other eight hours is uh, probably work details in and around barracks. Now you can take it that it's a seven day working week. There is no time off with the exception of uh, your annual uh, allotment of leave outside. What do we do on our time off, sir? Uh, in your time off, you're given two weeks uh, annual leave in Lebanon, plus two 60 hour passes. Now. Most people uh, take that opportunity to visit uh, one of the neighbouring uh, countries, for example, Cyprus or Egypt or something like that. If possible, we try and give you all, all that leave in bulk so you have a decent break from the area of operations. Thanks very much. Okay. I'm glad to be here and know that truck, that bus <laughs> and that airplane. It is. It is a terrible long journey. Um, 
Now, you're going to spend your next six months around this Irish Bar AO in the A Company. It's a pretty cushy AO. It's a, a good AO. You learn a lot about uh, the, the position in Lebanon. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, you'll be going out to a post uh, 614 Charity. That's a post uh, that sends in a lot of move reps. You'll be observing the uh, Israeli positions. Yeah, uh, you'll be sending a lot of move reps, possibly shoot reps as well. Now, uh, tomorrow morning when you go out, you'll be on uh, an early board, which is a mine sweep of the road leading to 614 Charlie. So he starts work straight away? When he you goes give out. The poor boy, no rest. Unfortunately, he's in Lebanon now, especially you now. I see. Now it's terribly windy here. Should we go? So here we are now, Tommy. This is uh, where you'll be staying for the night before you head out to 614 Charlie. It's a, a grand billet. I've slept in it for six months, so well, it's, uh, it's weatherproof. Yeah. It'll take you a while to get used to sleeping in a bed like that too, won't it? Well, the bed, a normal bed, just a... I think they're called muzzy nets. Muzzy nets, yeah. Muzzy nets. Yeah, we'll be getting used to it. But you'll definitely get used to those. You'll, you'll be happy you have one. Uh, there's plenty of night now you'll be eating alive, even when you're inside it. But that right, yeah. It's a, it's a good thing to have, you know? Different situation here. Different country i don't know the one thing about this country is that you take nothing for granted out here it's uh, your life your buddy's life uh, when you work you work professionally uh, at home in ireland you can take things cushy to a certain extent because you're they're your own people out here you'll have uh, uh, situations where you'll be up to you to make a life saving decision uh, you take your time out here you don't rush things you, you look at things in a perspective that uh, anything can happen and anything will happen like most so what you're actually saying is you go with the locals but at the same time you don't trust them exactly yeah. Yeah. you don't trust nobody out here you trust yourself your buddies but still you get on with them uh, tomorrow morning you'll be woken at 7 o'clock you'll have your breakfast roughly about around half 7 and then 8 o'clock 10 past 8 you'll be moving out to Suzu After that noisy, noisy trip, we've just arrived. And where are we now? We're on the road that leaves to a, an old page, the observation post 614 Charlie, which is going to be based for a length of time, which I don't know yet at the moment. It could be two months, it could be six months. So getting the SST equipment ready now at the moment, you know? What's the SST? The special uh, search team. For the new fellas in particular, what we're doing this morning is doing a sweep of the road, of the road right? The reason we're doing this is to ensure that the road is safe for both our own personnel and civilians to travel up along the road, as civilians also use part of the road. What we're searching for is anything suspicious, anything such as a roadside bomb, a tank mine, etc. Okay? Now, you're going to be broken into th up into three different groups, two flanking groups and one group on the road. The job of the flanking groups will be to search for wires, okay? You will have an RDK, which is electronic wire detector, with you. This will assist you in detecting buried wires, okay? The reason you're looking for wires is in case there is a command post where a roadside bomb can be set off from, okay? If you see or detect a wire at any stage, you immediately stop, send back one of the people and inform me that you've found a wire. At that stage, we'll get it checked out. The people on the road, their job would be to check and make sure there are no buried mines or roadside bombs along the side of the road. Again, you'll have the pieces of equipment which you have there to assist you in detecting these. Has anybody got any questions? There's a possibility as well at some stages over the summer we have encountered snakes along the flanks as they're going through some fairly rough terrain there where, and snakes have been found at times. If they find a snake, they avoid it, basically. And kill it? Kill it. If they, if they have to, they kill it, but if not, they'll avoid it. It's quite difficult, believe it or not, to kill a snake, even with a, with a rifle, because they are very tricky and very fast. When my daddy writes to me, he tells me that 
how it is out there and that the weather is really warm. And he tells me he does be on duty and he does get up early every morning to do the early bird. He gets up real early and he checks for the roads if there's any bombs or explosives, but there never does be any. Private Riley, my name is Sergeant Kelly. I'm ICA Post 614 Charlie, and I'd like to welcome you to the post. Thank you very much, Sergeant. Now, if you step this way, I'll orientate you in the area. How you'll know north is Beirut. How you know south is obviously South Lebanon. And east will take you into Israel. And left will take you back into our HQ, which is Tulin. While you're doing sentry duty, you will be the eyes and ears of the camp, making sure we are not attacked. And if we come under attack, you will shout, or you'll fire three rounds into the air. Now, otherwise, you'll be observing the area of Toulouse compound and the surrounding area. Monitor and report all movement in and out of the compound, and report any unusual activity to me, the guard commander, or who may be the guard commander. And I will report it then to our battalion HQ, which in turn will report it to Unifil Ops. Any questions on that? So Toulouse seems to be the, the main area you have to observe. Yeah, that's it. The 24 hour duty, but you will do two hours on, two hours off, continuing to the 24 hours. Now he's, he's miles up here in the mountains. Um, does he eat up here? We cook our own food up here. The miscellaneous group does all the cooking and the cleaning. The rest of the people are free for the day. And can you actually sleep up here too? We can. We have accommodations all beyond. We have two billets, five men in one billet and four in the other. Accommodation is quite good. So how long does he stay here before he goes back down? You do approximately two months here. You might do two months then in Aljorn, and then you could do two months in the camp. That's your six months. Now, in between, you'll have two 60-hour passes and two weeks, maybe three weeks holidays. And how often would I get into the canna? Or a drop of orange or whatever? Every third night, which the canteen opens from t- 8 to 10, and probably only allowed three or four cans. As you know, you're in an operational area. So what, what else of importance now have you to tell him? The only other thing is to keep the, the camp tidy, keep your, your billet tidy, your bed space and all that, and try and keep yourself busy. As you see, things are fairly quiet around here. So how does he keep himself busy? Well, we, we try to have um, volleyball, soccer within the camp, and if you're any good at any of the sports, you'll be brought into camp to play um, volleyball, soccer, table tennis, darts, quizzes. All depends on yourself. So it is an asset to be a good sportsman? Without a doubt, yes. So tell me, what do you excel at? Not much at the moment, but we're going to excel at something. I've got to be a better. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about all that? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the weather's been good and I only hope it's very open though, you know, and uh, I only hope we don't have a too bad of a winter. So what's all this you have underneath your arm now? Has Tommy to learn about that as well? What I have here now is the radio log, shoot reps and move reps, which are taken over the radio, any Forden within their area reported to the So a shoot, re- a shoot rep means that every single time he hears a shot he has to write it in the Report it down. The time it started and the time it finished. Okay. And the next one is? The next one is a move rep. Does, uh, any movement? Any movement of IDF or DFF, which is, the DFF is supported by the Israelis and the IDF is the Israeli Defence Force yeah. and they come and go within the area. All depends if they come under fire. If they come under fire there's a lot of shooting. If they don't they're usually quiet. Yesterday at about 8 o'clock in the morning, we heard explosions. When you hear an explosion force, sometimes it could be caused by jets, with the boom of the jets going over. Then we heard many more, so we knew that something was happening. Lots more shelling followed, the machine gun fire. Eventually we heard that two DFF had been killed by a landmine, and this firing by the DFF compound was in retaliation 
No one knows who killed the DFF, but such are the ways in Lebanon. So all the UN vehicles were caught back in, checkpoints doubled up, and men were posted to sandbag positions all around the camp. The foreign lasted for about four to five hours. Halfway through my trip, it's amazing what you, I got used to here. Uh, you probably hear the noise in the background of the generator. At first, I found it very hard to sleep at night time, you know. But now, you don't even hear it. It's a lot of time to think. and I, uh, That's what really gets me most, you know. No matter what job you're doing, if just time to think about what's going on around you and what's like at home, but away from the children, like, you know. And especially my father, he was not well, like, you know. But then there are the good times, you know. People that you, you've never known, seen before, and the eight weeks training in Kilbride and back in Dublin, and the period of time out here, they're great people, have great sessions in the, in the canteen, brilliant sessions. We have great times during the bingo sessions. It is the highlight and the biggest social event of the week. Captain J.R. Lynch is an expert calling the numbers. He does his best to catch you out. For instance, he might say three or four, and you say check, then he will say seven, and you are fined for this mistake. Such are the games we play, the prize are great, a trip to Emily for the England Ireland game, music centres, and Raymond Wheel watches. Six and eight! Six and eight! Yeah! We have great sing song nights as well. Quiz nights, some barbecues, fancy dress nights, shorts and shades, tracksuit nights as well. Here in the hills we must wear a uniform at all times, so a night in any kind of cities is really such a relief just to get out of the gear. As the days went by, it hasn't been, like in the weeks, it hasn't been so bad. You know, like we do have our moments. I feel. <sighs> What's what's the worst time? Night time. Now I know I I'm not so bad. Like I have my running and I go out, but like coming back and knowing that he's not there, you know, it, it gets to me. How good are you, are you at managing? I've always been good at managing. I mainly looked after the bills, so like there's no worry. You know, like the main concern is the kids. Well, they they're playing up on me a lot since Tommy went away, you know. And if I say to them, right, I'm writing to your daddy tonight, and before they go to bed, they apologise. And they say, don't tell daddy we were doing this, and don't tell daddy we were doing that. But apart from that, they've been very good, you know. Like, they have their days, I suppose. I mean, they're kids. Like, Derek, I find Derek more so upset than um, Sharon. Sharon holds it. She keeps it to herself. Now, she'll cry at night time in bed. Where Derek, if Derek gets a letter, he starts crying straight away. And when he's writing to Tommy, he starts crying again. How are you? Been a long time. I'm very well. You well? Yes, I am. Thank yes. you. Nice to meet you. And how are you? Thank you very from much. From the Hadata village. I am from Hadata village. Where you had the trouble two days ago. Yeah, two days ago, yes. Yes, it was very bad. It's very bad for for the village because it's a small village. Yeah, we don't know what had the reason why he shot in Hadata. I don't know. That's was there two SLA 
to SLA he's killed. Who done? Who killed? They killed in the in the grave inside. It's not nobody shooting to come to compound. Why he shooting Hadata or any village civilian man? Is he farmer in children? And... Is that the excuse they gave for the shooting? What? That somebody was killed. There was two of their own SLA soldiers killed. And uh, then they decided to shoot. So they took out revenge on the village in the scrimmage firing in the village. That, that's right. Let's see. For about three four hours, wasn't it? No more, from 8 o'clock morning until 5. 5 o'clock. When the uh, Irish came in and driving the ABC, it stopped. Stopped, yeah. It's good uh, for the company because they help the people in the, uh, in the engine or uh, they help the people for uh, exactly in the students. Okay, we've just come from Chile and we're here now in the village of Cabrica and we're going to go on a foot patrol. We've just dismounted from the CISO APC and we're going on a foot patrol in the village of Cabrica. It's your typical Lebanese village. By that, we're talking about two-story houses with flat roofs, uh, quite close together, with a lot of little roads and paths running through the houses, or running beside the houses. Okay. The population of the village here would be approximately 1,000 people. The houses look quite grand. Yeah, most of them are in, in, in quite good condition, and in fact, they're much better on the inside than they are on the out. Uh, very few people actually use paint here for some reason. Most of them are just the, the plaster work that we, which we're finished in. We just walk through the village and uh, say hello to the people and just make our presence known and make sure and let the people know that we're around to assist them. Uh, and if they come out to, to ask you questions or have complaints, what would they be? Most of their complaints or questions would be, I suppose, on a human, humanitarian basis. That being, they'd be wondering if we could help them out in some way for uh, whether, for example, if after their houses were shelled here approximately six weeks ago, there was quite a lot of damage done in some of their houses. So they asked if we could assist them in ways of reconstructing the damage which was done. And uh, wherever possible, we do whatever we can. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's very quiet. It's very quiet. All the villages are like this, especially now. It's, it's around two o'clock in the afternoon. Most of them would be on their siesta at this time. Now we're just coming up to a spot here where one of the 81 mortar shells landed when the, the village was shelled about six weeks ago. It's just here on our left-hand side. Luckily this one didn't actually hit any house, so there was no major damage done, but you can actually see the, the marks. You'll be able to see the hole in the ground where the, the shell actually landed. Oh, yes. yes. Just there where the, the bottles are. Yeah. That was the first round. Now we actually had an APC in the village at the time. Uh, that that round exploded and it was roughly about 100 metres up in that direction, the, the APC, when that round landed there. So they were lucky to be out of the way? They were lucky they were, weren't closer at the time. Yeah. yeah. Quite lucky. Yeah. There was a total of, there was a total of uh, nine rounds fired into the village that night. Oh, there was yeah. quite a lot of damage done. Yeah. There was three houses severely damaged, but luckily there was nobody injured. Believe it or not, you could actually get lost quite easily in a village like this because you just oh. walk in and all the little tracks and everyone everywhere, you get confused quite easily. Yeah. I notice the soldiers are constantly followed by children. It's a common factor here in Lebanon. They're a bit of a, a novelty, I suppose, more than anything, and they like to follow us around and get their photographs taken with us and things like that. Yeah. Are they ever a nuisance? Not really, no, because after all, if you make friends with the children, you're, that's what we're out here to do, to mix yeah. with the people and familiarise ourselves with them and let them get to know us. So yeah. it's, it's a positive thing, the fact that the children are out mixing with the soldiers. Hello! What's your name? Hello. Hello. Sad. Sad? 
on television. So are you all set with the Christmas greeting? Now, first of all, tell me how you've been getting on. Great, great. Now, um, tell me the truth now. Uh, it's, it's pretty good out here. The weather's making the part, you know, keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. And you never liked the sun, so you didn't? No, no, I never liked the heat at all. Yeah. That's great now. Tommy vowed he would never go out in the sun again because he had one terrible burning. And now he's what? Show, show your tanned arms. Look at that. Yeah. Fantastic. Are you going to show your tanned chest? No, I don't. No hairs on. <laughs> <laughs> but we wouldn't mind that. No. So you're going to say hello to your wife? My wife Esther and daughter Sharon and son Derek. Happy Christmas. Hope you're keeping well. Everything's great here. But let's say hello to my mother and father too and hope my father's keeping well. I worry about four letters a week. In a three-night spell, I wrote uh, ten letters and I sent 14 Christmas cards. So there's nights you, you can write a lot and then take a bit of a break over the two nights. You know? mm -hmm. Each day is the same. So one day they're stepping to Sunday morning, if you're available, you get mass. Otherwise, every day is the same. And they can get you. <laughs> Love, how did you get on over the Christmas? I hope you and Char Hugh, Sharon and Derek all had a good time. I cannot tell you how good a time I had because it's only 2.30am on Christmas morning and, and, and as I'm writing to you, I am sitting on the side of a road on a hill in South Lebanon, freezing cold. I am and was thinking of you all today, Christmas Eve, and what you will be doing. There's great talk of the war in the Gulf. Will it happen or not? There are lots and lots of rumours. Some say that we will be pulled out. Others say that we will be brought to Tyre and based on the beach. Others say we will be shipped home. No one seems worried or frightened. But we do spend most of our free time glued to the World Service. Just recently we were issued with our nuclear, biological and chemical suits, NBCs. They're extremely warm the respirator can get uncomfortable after a while. I was on checkpoint when I heard that the war had started. I wasn't worried, but didn't know we were far enough away and knew that there was a vague possibility, maybe of a nuclear attack, and perhaps fallout, reaching us sometime. But it's highly unlikely, and I'm sure the Allies would win. During the first few days of the war, it was certainly the main topic of conversation. It was the first question you asked when you woke in the mornings. What happened during the night? So we quickly got used to living our usual ordinary lives and our usually day-by-day -day duties. After a while we lost interest in the war and the war over us. Some say they saw the Patriots taken off, but no one believed them. Alright, dear Daddy, I hope you are doing for the next few weeks. And I miss you very, very much. And I wish you were back here right now. Hello, Dad. Thank you for the lovely turtle towels. I put it up my wall and Sharon gave me a big poster. I got a letter today, all for myself, and I was really glad. I got your letter tonight, and it was great to hear from you. I heard about you and Sharon bringing Mammy up breakfast in bed on Saturday and Sunday. 
You and Derek are, are doing a great job of looking after Mummy, even giving her breakfast in bed. I probably won't know you when I come home. You'll be all grown up when I come home. I'm going to be an altar boy, so when you come home, you can come to Mass and see me. I've got 18 to 20 in my spelling sets, and I've got all my tables right, so that's not bad, Dad, is it? Daddy, I wish I was over there with you in the sun, as it's very cold over here. I love and miss you very much, and sometimes I do be crying for you. Take care of yourself. And as P.S., Mammy had to finish this letter as my hands were tired. Dear Daddy, I hope you are keeping well and are and eating good food. I'm sleeping in your bed for a week and Dag the other. Me and Mammy have a mess fight about who was going to sleep on your side of the bed. In the end, Mammy got it. And I asked her why and she said because it's lovely and soft. On Monday night I was crying. Don't forget to write and send a photo of yourself. I'm now at uh, checkpoint 611 Alpha, which is about 200 yards from the main camp. And uh, the job is to control the traffic in and out of the village, which is uh, Tulian village. And uh, we stopped one car in, in five, say, and uh, checked the building and asked where they come from and what their business is going to the village. Do you have any difficulties at all, ever? No, like, we could say we're competent in the NCOs there, and you know that job, know what they're doing. And there's any hassle from uh, individuals in cars, they just turned away okay. and sent back from where they came from. You do this for how long? Well, today I'm on checkpoint one, which starts at eight o'clock. Finish at uh, about quarter past twelve. Back on again at four till eight o'clock tonight. Off again till twelve, and then back on for twelve until eight o'clock the next morning. And how long have you been all together at this checkpoint? Where were you before this? Well, when I came out first, it was in six one four Charlie, which is an OP. Uh, I was out there for three weeks, three or four weeks, and then I spent the last five months in the camp. Camp has a, a good side, which is a variety of duties, and one particular one is miscellaneous, and that you do shotgun, get you out of the, the camp for the day. And shotgun is no vehicle, no UN vehicle travelling the road out here, unless they have a cold driver or a passenger with them, and that's what shotgun is, it goes everywhere with him. Or another job in the camp is uh, doing waiter for the, for the officers, we call it piss boy, and we don't like doing it. <laughs> Tell me about how you've got on with the fellas. Brilliant. Oh, we had the odd little wobbly. We have major wobblies and small wobblies, and we even put in wobbly reps. So uh, that's the way life goes. Like six months was a long time for a group of fellas to be together. A wobbly is just losing the head over something, no matter what it is. How well did you get them to know the villagers? Hello. Hello. I get to know them all the same personally, but um, as again, having a personal conversation, very few of them speak very good English, you know. But you can understand what they're saying. Especially on this checkpoint, like, we've got a lot of houses around us and the locals more or less hang around here. There's not very much light in the area, so with the lights around the checkpoint, they kind of all gather and have a crack or whatever around the checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And you always had children around? I always had the children. Yeah. I went to school in the morning, coming home. This little girl is delighted with herself because she had to get a mingy watch there from Private Vinnie Kelly up the road there. Oh. She brings flowers down every day she's gone, boy. I think there's one or two sitting up there. She brings and flowers? To flowers to the lads, yeah. yeah. She got it as a present? Yes, she did. For being a good girl. At the end of the six months, how do I feel? Will I like to come out again or not? In the beginning of the tour, I thought I would never, ever want to come again. But now towards the end, I feel a bit different. 
and we'll consider another trip. Mind you, we don't know how the family would feel about this, but I now can understand how some of the boys have made trip after trip from as many as five or six. The best of it all was being part of the international team and the great comradeship of the lads. We really did have a good time. The worst, of course, was missing the family and the long stretches of boredom. I would like to thank you for your six and a half months, in the case of a lot of you who are here in front of me, for the very dedicated and professional way you carried out your duties and your tasks while here in Lebanon. I said it to the groups last week and the week before that it was an honour for me to be with you and such a great group of guys. I don't think if I spent another 18 years in the army that I would get as much satisfaction and enjoyment out of six months as I have had here with you in Lebanon. I'd like to thank you and your families at home for the support that they gave you while you were here. I said in Collins Barracks in Dublin before we left that it, it was my wish to come over here with 126 guys and to go back with 126. And that is the way it is. And we have come out, we have done our job. And you can be satisfied and proud of the way you did your job. I'm certainly proud of the way you did it. And thanks a million for everything. The night before we flew out that particular day, it was, uh, everybody was all excited and uh, told that uh, take it easy and relax. We were on duty for a couple of hours that morning, I think it's right, I remember. And, um, you just told the lad that we get a couple of hours sleep. It's a long old journey, but everybody got excited. Now, I'd seen two trips going home just the two weeks previous, and the same thing happened. You just can't be relaxed. You're lying in the bed, and the heat is unbelievable. And you're just lying there in your underwear in the bed, and don't know what you're doing with yourself. And then you have your meal at 12 o'clock, your last meal. And at 2 o'clock, the trucks pull out of the camp, and you're going to Camp Shamrock to form with the convoy. And you have another hour and a half, two hours journey down to the border and a couple of hours journey on the bus, and then you have to fly home. It's, it can be a long old journey, but everybody gets excited. No matter how tired you are, you, you just can't relax. So tell me about your packing over the last few days. Well, packing is, is, is a, a big thing, like getting ready to go home, and uh, you'll find that when you're going to clear your, your locker, you're going to have more stuff than you have the space for. So we, we have this word called uh, worrying. And any gear that you haven't got room for, you don't need, you worry it, and you just throw it away. I got 126 letters from my wife, Plus a load more from my children, plus the rest of the family. And it was only sad I couldn't take them all home, because uh, there's a hell of a lot of letters, and I just had to burn them and get rid of them. Did you keep any of them? I have one. I kept a, I kept a 100 letter, and I have in my wallet. A 100 letter. Tell me what you learned about the Lebanese while you were there. They have a very, very hard life, especially the women. Women are more the second class citizens out there, you know. and. Uh, Another way of life out there is that if a girl gets pregnant, which did happen a few weeks ago, and uh, she's not married, but in this particular instance, our brother took out a shotgun and blew her away, and this chap that got her pregnant. That's the way of life out there. And, and the women carry amazing things on Oh, unbelievable weights and size of things on their head. Like, a man won't do it. The women do all the carrying, and it's, it's, I don't think it's right at all, like, you know. Did you get sick at all? No, I wasn't sick, not one, one day. It was a bit of thaw arm or whatever, but not, you wouldn't call it sick. Did you try any Lebanese food at all? I didn't, no. No, not at all. I never had a job opportunity to try, but uh, what we did try there was the shy. Um, when you're on checkpoint, usually the, the people nearest the, the checkpoint would bring shy out to you in the mornings or late at night or whatever the case may be. But that was nice. And shy is? Shy is tea. They're Lebanese tea. <laughs> did you get to know any Lebanese? 
mean, you get to know the children more so than anybody else. Like you, you see the familiar faces every day of the week, and they say hello, I'm Mara Hubbard, I'm Lam, I'm Kiesbeck. How's it going? You know, the children are really fantastic, and it's just a, a pity that they've all that ahead of them. Like they've nothing to look really look forward to at all. I mean, their their social event is walking the streets at night or going to somebody else's house for shy, and that that's it really. You know? Are you going to do a big noise as you're going out the gate or something? Well, try. Try, yeah. try and do something. Yeah. Not too loud, because it'll break my machine. Say hip, hip, hip. Are you happy, Tommy? Sorry? Are you happy? Very happy. Very tired. <laughs> she did nothing all day. I know. Too warm to sleep. Yeah. Did you not sleep at all? No. Too warm. She's only got it's great watching all that checkpoints go behind me for the last time of this trip. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a little bit sad looking seeing the rest of the last we left behind the 69, but I hope they have a great trip. And uh, I know what they're going to go through for the next six months. Was it tough now, looking back? No, not really. It was uh, tired and uh, halfway through the trip, all right. But uh, it's been very tired. Tell me, tell me, I have to ask you one thing. How, how do all the lads manage out here without sex? I don't know. You know, I talk to them individually. I couldn't tell you. There's a joke told that uh, 10% of the lads masturbate and 90% are lawyers. Was he telling me the truth? Oh, he was indeed, eh? Oh, oh, right. oh, he was. Oh, 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 oh. You don't know what I said, lads. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what's ball hopping? It's a spoof. 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 Have truth. OK, listen, goodbye, and safe journey the rest of the way. I'll see you all in Dublin. OK, bye. Bye. Touchdown. You're welcome home. Signalman Murray P, 28th Battalion. Commandant Murray RTM, 5th Field Medical Company, FCA. 850754. Five. <laughs> 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 I got to ask them, it's great to get my arm around the three of them at the one time. And I'm back, you know. And I have to admit, a few tears came to my eyes. It really was nice to see them again. Oh, it was great. It was a great feeling. Absolutely great. To see him looking so well and in one piece. And I said to myself, that's it. He's not going again. My father wasn't too well, so he, wouldn't, he was just lucky to be able to travel into the barracks. And that was his limit, like, you know, because he spent most of his time in the, in the bed, you know. So uh, I had a couple of drinks with my father and my mother and a couple of aunts. 
and then we went home then and uh, I walked through the door and this dream was a welcome home, daddy and everything else and big spread on the table, oh, it was brilliant. Keep him. All right. That's the lady there. There's a lady in my hair. All right, then. Uh, yeah. Come here, sir. You're all, he's all right. He's keeping all right. He's all right. He's all right. He's yeah, we've got a surprise party and a big huge cake. It's a big huge cake and it has welcome home, Daddy. And Did you think it was a long time? Yeah, but it was a long time and it was it went quick as well. It was long and quick, I thought. Did you have any difficulties in the next couple of weeks about getting used to each other? I think but I just started to miss our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you got into a routine when they're away. Like, I mean, I could go, like, Tommy never stopped me from going anywhere, but I could just say to the kids, right, we're going to a friend's for the weekend. You weren't tied to time to be back to cook dinners or anything. You just could go where you want. And, like, I mean, I didn't have to get up and... I got up in the mornings, I could do what I want. But then with Tommy being there, you're putting the kettle on, Esther. Are you doing this, Esther? Where are you going? Why are you going to the shops for, Esther? What time will you be back at? We're that... I hadn't to deal with that for six and a half months and all of a sudden it's on top of you again and having to make his lunch, which I happened to do. Oh, little things like that. Did you have any rows? Yeah, I wouldn't call them rows. After about two or three weeks, we settled back down again. Just niggle little things. I don't know what. Couldn't pick anything out, but just normal husband-wife situations as well. But you did get... It did take time for you to get used to each other. Again. It did. We don't realise what, what we do out there. There's a lot of humanitarian work. Like, we help the, the, the locals out there, and the, the schools or whatever. Like we employ the locals to work for us or do contract work for us. And we give money for uh, wherever the school books or whatever. We give fuel for the heating for the schools money for the building of roads, things like that. And people don't realise that this is done out there. And uh, well, a lot of work is done by the UN and by the Irish UN out there. And uh, just let people know that they're uh, not out there just standing on the side of the road and getting a few bob, looking at the locals. Sometime during the trip, I've just, everyone just stopped and say, what am I doing out here? I'm bored, you, you, you turn in and say, never again. Well, when it came to the first shock on home, I said, it was unbelievable, six months have gone so quick and I decided myself that I had, had enjoyed it a lot more than I, I thought I had, you know, it was a great trip, so I would go out again, no problem. <laughs>